This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Gendron, and I am joined by Mike Gendron, who's somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I'm doing good. Happy Memorial Day, gentlemen. Hope you guys are enjoying your nice Memorial Day weekend. Shout out military, shout out veterans, shout out both my grandfathers. Great weekend. But while everyone else is taking the weekend off, Steve... We're here on the podcast grinding. The podcast never sleeps. P2E, keep the momentum going. We'll never stop. That's right. That's right. The pod never sleeps. And as always, looking like some broke-ass cowboy at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing today, bud? I am good. I am happy to be home. I'm actually in Boston right now at the corner office. Just got off the flight from El Paso, Texas. Boys, Great trip to Texas. I got myself a new cowboy hat. My mustache fit in. I looked like I belonged there. I had a nice draw going. I'm not going to try and repeat it on the podcast, but I blended in. Um, but let me tell you, I had the worst week of running I've ever had. And by week, I mean I ran twice. So that's pretty good for the six days I was there. But absolutely brutal you guys ever been down to like a border town to el paso to western texas can't say i have yeah i've never done like a you know a run in texas but i remember trent me and you have had a uh, pretty similar experience with a run in ohio one time where it's just like you're on one main road with a bunch of country houses all on the way sun beating down on you you feel like every time you have to like stop in somebody's front lawn, they're going to pull a shotgun out and tell you to get off their lawn. So that's that's the closest thing I've got. Oh, this is nothing like that. Texas, let me tell you something, boys. El Paso is beautiful. There's mountains. You can see like the, the remnants of the Rio Grande River separating Mexico from America. But you're in the middle of the desert and it's blowing like 25 to 30 mile per hour winds. As soon as you start going, it just feels like you have so much phlegm in the back of your throat that you can't breathe and you're coughing up. I swear I'm running and I shower usually once a day or so. So I keep myself relatively clean. I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. <laughs> you don't have to believe it, but it's somewhere in that ballpark of, of once a day. Uh, my fingernails are disgusting. The, the sand, the dirt just creeps right up into them. I feel like I just rolled around in the mud when I run outside. I literally couldn't breathe. Um, there's like these beautiful views I was trying to see. And the whole time I'm just like struggling. If there's a, a University of El Paso, like I know there's a University of Texas El Paso. If they have a cross country team, shout out to those guys. They have the hardest training. There's like, you know, altitude training. This is damn Dust Bowl training. Like this is like me in Oklahoma during the Dust Bowl and running. It was really the worst running I've ever had. Um, if anyone here is a runner and planning on doing some training in, in El Paso, Texas, and Western Texas, Southern New Mexico, uh, I was it was completely awful. I'm glad to be home. Not that I'll run more than a couple times this week, but I'm looking forward to breathing some fresh air of uh, that beautiful Boston air. Well, what was that movie? Wasn't there a movie about the cross country team from uh, the high school cross country team from El Paso? Was it was it El Paso the one with Kevin Costner? They probably stunk if there was a team from El Paso. They wouldn't be able to breathe. What was the oh, name? Yeah, that, that, that Disney one that just came out. Oh, man, I'm never going to remember it, but it's a feel-good cross-country movie. It, was, it probably was not even close to El Paso, but for, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just say it was El Paso. Um, Steve, what, so, I mean, we've never had an experience like that. Trent, we obviously now know what your uh, worst running scenario is. Steve, what is, like, the, the worst running situation scenario for you? I got so, mine in my head right now. So for me, I think we've discussed it on the pod a time or two, but I have a little bit of a sweating problem, <laughs> and I had I went on a business trip to Singapore in the middle of their summer. So it was the heat of their summer, like super dense, humid air, and I landed and I cleaned up and I and I decided I want to go for a run, and it was like a hundred degrees and the worst humidity I've ever experienced in my life. And I was sweating like you would not believe. And so I jumped in. I came back. I jumped in a freezing cold shower, showered, like hung out for a couple minutes. And then we needed to go to a meeting. And so I changed. 
And guys, like I sweat through my shirt in like five minutes. And I was like, it was like, it was like cartoon sweat. Like I was, I was changed. I was down in the lobby waiting for people and sweat is pouring down my face. And the locals are just coming over, standing around and pointing and laughing at me. So that's by far my worst uh, type of running uh, climate or, or place to run is would probably be Singapore in the middle of their, in the middle of their summer. So for me, it's anytime you go on a ski trip, so you, you go skiing and like all day you're pounding on the legs. So by the time you get done, it's like weighing on your head. It's like 4.30. All you want to do is like get to like the lodge bar and start drinking. You know you got to go for a run. And your options are either go for like a run in this tiny little lodge gym and running on the treadmill is already the worst thing. Or you go outside for a run in the freezing cold and you get out to like to the road and your only options are like okay either i start my run straight uphill or straight downhill and it's just like it is the worst running environment in the entire world it's like all those college kids who come home for their winter or christmas break and they still have to train their family wants to go for a ski trip it's like oh man is it really worth it to go skiing when you know you're gonna have to deal with that every single day yeah it's pitch black and yeah (laughs) yeah. and your legs are toast from skiing and snowboarding all day and Uh, cold mike that reminds me of maybe the best run <laughs> I have ever been on in my entire life. Unbelievable. <laughs> we won't go into too much detail here, but Mike and I and, and a couple others, uh, post-ski trip, there was only like one mile of flat ground that had was decently lit up because you also got to worry about ice in the middle of the winter. And so we just did a, the same mile out and back, you know, five times to get a <laughs> mile run in. <laughs> that sounds like, miserable. It was, but it created some of the best banter. Like, we were yeah. so miserable and such low that, you know, it's like when you're exhausted and you just start talking crazy. That's, that's yeah. what M- Misery loves company. It was like, you know, when, when something is that miserable and terrible, you find a way to get a good experience. And I, you can only imagine the uh, conversations we got into. We had to start talking about some some really wild stuff to keep the uh, keep the run interesting. So, yeah. <laughs> and there's no way you could do that by yourself. You need to have... Oh, no, no. Yeah, you, you absolutely need company. I would have gotten, like, one lap into that and been like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to bed. <laughs> but at least, but at least, you weren't getting text message alerts on your phone saying, bad air quality, stay inside, like, every oh, night in El Paso. So, oh. at least you could breathe that nice, crisp, cool air. So Trent is fresh off the plane from El Paso, Texas, wearing his cowboy hat. He looks ridiculous. And all three of us actually kind of look a little ridiculous. Mike uh, is looking exactly like Josh McDaniels. We'll post a video or a picture of it online, but he's got his he's got his Patriots visor and his in his headset. He looks identical to Josh McDaniels. And me right now, um, you know, I'm breaking one of my rules. But guys, I don't know if you can see it, but I'm wearing my medal to work. <laughs> the day after day after a race and that race was the beer mile the bond brothers beer mile i ran it last night down in in Cary, north carolina next to raleigh um we're gonna get into that a little bit after the interview because i have so much to talk about it was so much fun a lot of crazy stuff happened out there so we'll be sure to talk about that later on in the podcast right now we are gonna go ahead and we're gonna get into um our interview today now, we have a slightly different type of interview for everybody. Um, this is, it, it's, it's not a runner. It's not somebody that, that is in the world of running. Um, but we found a way to kind of to tie his story into, into running and, and fit this podcast. But I think for the three of us, this was kind of a little bit of a fanboy episode. We have Steve Peralt on from the Section 10 podcast, the Red, a Red Sox podcast. If you're not, if you're a Red Sox fan, and you, you haven't checked out Section 10, you need to go do that as soon as this podcast ends. Um, but Steve, was a, he was a great interview. It was a, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it was just a, a very different type of interview, but I, I think we made it work. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think kind of what we're trying to do here is, you know, not always be running, running, running all the time. So I think we'll try and do stuff like this every once in a while. Um, but he's just awesome. And, and he's a professional podcaster. Like he, he makes us all look like amateurs. And But I think he helped us uh, improve our podcast a little bit. And he was so much fun to talk about to talk to. And, uh, I mean, I, I've never found anybody who's like more fun to talk socks with. Um, so if you're a Red Sox fan, you're going to really, really enjoy this interview. Even if you're not a Red Sox fan, you, you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, I think 
I think what we've done here is we're talking about things that that people that are fans of running would talk about because you appreciate you know other professional sports professional athletes you appreciate the grind that steve peralt's doing um with the section 10 podcast and, and the the humor that he has so if you appreciate what we're doing you'll appreciate what steve's doing yeah, in conversation definitely. yeah so let's uh let's not waste any more time let's get into our interview with bleacher report uh i guess he's a bleacher report content producer and section 10 co-host steve peralt sale winds he fires swing and a miss strike three it's over so we have a very different type of interview for you guys today you know we started this podcast it was our goal to kind of make running a little bit more of a mainstream sport and kind of integrate it a little bit with some more mainstream media. So for today, we have a content producer from Bleacher Report and co-host of the very popular Red Sox podcast, Section 10. Steve, I know you're probably going to hit me with a cease and desist, but I got to do it. Steve Peralt, how you doing? What up, what up, Section 10 of the building? <laughs> In the mother effing Building, I promise I'd stop swearing. Let me me tell you, my dad hates to swear. He he always listens in. He's like, Stephen, I got to tell you, I I think I think you guys do a good job. But why? Why does Jared swear so much? I don't understand. And it's a good point. I mean, it's right off the bat, too. So I guess the the good part is, you know, what you're getting yourself involved with. Like, you know, very early that we swear a little bit. And that's just kind of how it goes. But I don't even need to. I've never really needed to. It's just been part of the show. Steve, your, your dad sounds just like my dad. I was actually on the phone with him this past week, and he's been listening to our podcast. And he goes, same thing. He's like, yeah, it's really cool what you guys are doing. That interview last week was really awesome. He goes, I'll tell you what, less F-bombs would be nice, though. So. <laughs> it's just a dad thing. They, like, they, they didn't want to raise us to be, you know, F this, F that. It's like, I think the Red Sox are a swell ball club. That's kind of what they, they want us to talk. But it, whatever. Whatever. Oh, man. That's awesome. Well, hey, so we originally reached out to you. Because all three of us were running the Boston Marathon. And, you know, this is a running podcast. And more often than not, it veers off into Red Sox talk. Um, but the Boston Marathon is very, you know, closely tied with the Red Sox game. I mean, they they literally move the Red Sox game up a little bit in the day. And people care about, you know, a bunch of idiots in split shorts running 26 miles on Patriots Day. Um, were you at the game on Patriots Day? I wasn't. I was actually in Los Angeles visiting a couple of my uh, brothers. I say a couple as if I have more than that. Just my two brothers. That's it. Um, but no, it's it sucks because last year I've always wanted to go to the Patriots Day game and it just hasn't really been able to line up. I used to work for Nesson for three or four years after college and I've been at Bleacher Report since then. And being in New York, it's tough to get back on a Monday. That's also a tough PTO day to get. Um, weekends are way easier. I can do whatever I want on the weekend back in Boston, but Monday's tough. And I took it off last year, got tickets for my, again, I feel like I mentioned my dad every two seconds, but we were going to go, we were going to go to the game and I was pumped. It was great. The thing, like rain is so dumb. We got to (laughs) get, rain is so stupid, especially if you guys are are runners. Rain sucks. Like I used to run track in high school and I was like, guys, why are we, let's not do the practice thing today. It's pouring out. Like, what are we, we look like idiots and, and you come back and you feel terrible. That's how you get like frostbite. I think, I don't know. That was an excuse I used, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I was going to go to the game last year and it, it just poured and it got rained out. And then this year I was trying to line it up and, and we had a family trip out to LA. So I was like, ah, whatever, maybe it's not meant to be. I love the dude. The Patriots day game is awesome. I thought it was the only one that started in the morning, but apparently the July 4th game, cause we went last summer to DC. Um, apparently that's like an 1130 start or yeah. something like that. Um, which I don't really get. They, I guess they just want to be cool, like like we're doing for Patriots Day. But um, but yeah, I've wanted to go my whole life. Hopefully, we'll see, next year maybe we'll see. I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend like I never found out about that DC thing because I feel like I tell everyone, yeah, Boston, the only place that would ever move a professional. <laughs> I know. It's like let me tell you, here in Boston, it's about yeah. the socks. We yeah, you want that whole spiel. But like I remember my Uber driver. It's always great when they're trying to like. It's funny when people initially don't know how much I know about baseball and mm. then they try to like get you. It's like, buddy, you don't you <laughs> a, a battle you don't want to get into right now. If you picked like cricket, then you'd get me. But this this guy I was heading to the park a couple weeks ago and he's like, you know, 
uh, you know the fun fact about the um, don't, I'm like don't even don't even say it don't <laughs> don't even do it it's like you're wrong there's another AM game but um, yeah I don't know I mean I feel like that's recent because we would have known about that because that's such a Boston thing by the way like yeah we're the only AM game so let's keep it that weird... way. let's just pretend like that we are what a weird thing to have pride about <laughs> yeah right we play in the morning <laughs> Steve so like back to the Boston Marathon you know being a you know fellow Bostonian and the Red Sox being so important to you, obviously the 2013 Red Sox and everything like that. Do you, does the Boston Marathon have some kind of special connection to you? Do you feel like it's an important part of the city? And Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's always been a huge part of kind of our, you know, it always feels like it's like baseball's back when the marathon is around because before that, I mean, now the season starts in March, but before that it was normally around the beginning of the season and it was maybe like a week or two in. And now it kind of signifies summer is around the corner and it's just a Boston day. It's our day. Like you yeah. say Patriots Day to other people, and sometimes they don't know. It's obviously people know more now, sadly, because of the tragedy. But it was such a Boston thing. And it's like we love having our stuff that other people don't have because they're like, yeah, Boston. So it, it just felt like it's our thing. It's a prideful thing. In 2013, um, just obviously that was that was terrible. That was absolutely terrible. I was I was at Nesson again at the time, and I remember my producer coming up to me and be like, "Hey, you gotta we gotta record on all the main channels, channel four, channel five, channel seven. I was like, "What the hell's going on here? This is weird." And right. so we start rolling on all the channels. You see the you know aftermath, the explosion, and everything. And um, it was really cool just to see how the city reacted, though. Like that was something I'll never forget. I remember the that Friday um, when the shootout happened, we were in lockdown at Nesson cause that happened right next door. That was like okay. 50 yards to our right in Watertown. And we had to stay in Nesson for God for like eight, nine hours. The SWAT team like escorted us out of like, this is insane. And I can't even imagine what they went through, um, during the marathon, but shout out to everybody that was, uh, that was helping out there that, you know, cause who knows what else is going to happen. And that's what I'm always blown away by. Like in the moment, we don't know that that's it. We don't know that it's only going to be a couple explosions. That could have been a day wide. I remember it was like a people thought it was going to be like a day wide thing in Boston. There were like bomb threats elsewhere. And we were like, what is going on here? So um, the people that had the courage to do that, that's I mean, they deserve everything. That was amazing. Yeah. yeah, somehow, somehow that tragedy made Patriots Day, like the Red Sox, the Boston Marathon, become more of a part of Boston. Because you had yeah. the Poppy speech, right, where he gets up there and he talks about his fucking city. That was awesome. And that was like the greatest moment of all of our lives. It was amazing. And then at next year, the marathon, the number of people that signed up for it was through the roof. That like, I don't remember the exact number, but it was crazy. Thousands and thousands of more people. So um it was amazing before that day and now it's like it's just incredible i know it's it's taken off even more which is kind of what i expected i initially was worried that that was going to diminish the marathon and people are going to be scared it was going to happen again um but we're at a point now where it's it's never been as big as it is uh today and and that's obviously it's tough it's because of a tragedy but if anything it's um it's brought people closer together it's created mm -hmm. lifelong relationships you never would have expected i mean the red sox did an amazing job embracing the whole thing and will middlebrooks i remember started the whole boston strong thing he was kind of the first to get that rolling and then they just you know during the playoffs you had guys throwing out the first pitch that were involved um you know in the tragedy and it just felt it was just i one thing and this is like a weird beef to have but <laughs> i i hate when people are like oh the only reason they won the world series is because like the whole boston strong that's <laughs> that's that's stupid let's not i still think that's a dumb thing like i i what, did everybody just roll over and give it to him yeah it's like oh because like and it, what it's a weird beat to have because people are like you don't care about the tra I, I do care about the tragedy you idiots but like i <laughs> i still think it is like a weird thing to say that they wouldn't have won a bunch of baseball games if that didn't happen that is strange but one thing that was really good that came from it is that they embraced it the city could have easily like that week been like here's a donation uh the yeah. team could have just like here's a donation and that's it but the entire season with the patches and it was on the monster and it was just like this is why boston is different like i don't i don't think that happens everywhere i really don't and yeah. Um, it was a special year. It really was. I got a World Series ring out of it, so I, I got no. I got no complaints. Awesome. There you go. Was, uh, That's was, awesome. I thought it was a prank email. That, and I was like, no, Nesson's getting you a ring. I'm like, yeah, I deserve oh, it. That's <laughs> you awesome. know, I had, had that shutout inning in the eighth in game two. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna lie in 20, 30 years and say I was just a bullpen guy that wasn't used like Drew Pomerantz last year. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Yeah, well, you probably were more uh, influential to the team than Drew Pomerantz. Okay, so. <laughs> Well, I'll say yeah. I'll say the the poppy uh, 
this is our fucking city is the only dad approved fuck in the in, in, in history. <laughs> I think so. so. I think so. <laughs> Play it again, son. That's it. <laughs> um, but it is crazy because I remember like uh, the FCC or whatever, uh, you know, rights and people that bleep everything out and have a huge fit the next day. They were like, we're okay with it. It was like, whoa. Yeah, awesome. the, second, the second they're okay with it, I'm like, let's do another speech. Let's do this every single day and say the <laughs> F bomb. But no, the poppy thing, the best part about it was how genuine it was. It was so real. There wasn't, nothing was fake about it. He was just speaking from the heart. And um, he's the kind of guy that would have wanted to like get the terrorists himself. Like he, <laughs> like, like he literally would have like tracked them down if they the let him. that and Seriously, it would have just beat the shit out of him. So that is... um. Dude, we're, we're lucky that we, you know, have David Ortiz and we're able to watch him for as long as we were because that doesn't come around too often. Well, you yeah. look at a guy like um, like Kyrie Irving, where it's like, I just feel like it was so hard to get behind him. He, you know, yeah. who knows what's going to happen, right? He's, he just never really truly embraced the city. I feel like he was trolling and playing games with the city the entire season. And then you look at a guy like Big Poppy, who's just like, this is my new home. I love this city. I want to win for the city of Boston. It's just it, so refreshing, so awesome. It definitely helps for Poppy, considering that was like his third ring, or at least like his pursuit of his third ring, and he had already been in Boston for ten years at that point. But the Kyrie thing, let's just not even let's just yeah. not even go. Yeah, let's, let's he, avoid he, that. I need to head down that road. But. I know. Just real quick, he sucks. Like it's so <laughs> it's such a weird. I'm so conflicted as a fan because there are times we are watching him where I'm like, I've never seen anyone play and have handle like this and like just make other professional basketball players look like idiots. Yeah. And yet he looks like an idiot off the court. And it, yeah. I just, ugh. it's such a weird, it's a confusing process. And I, I don't <laughs> know how I'm going to feel when he's inevitably likely elsewhere. Like it's going to be very awkward. I kind of hope it's the Knicks just for some drama and mm -hmm. it would make it better for being in New York. Cause we're not far from MSG, but, um, but yeah, Kyrie, oh, Kyrie is such a handful, man. That was tough. Mike, yeah. cue, the, uh, cue the Seeky Creed. Yeah, yeah. if you want to hand over your advertisement, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> so to change gears a little bit here, Steve, so one thing that we're really trying to do on this podcast and post on this podcast, right, we, um, we're trying to make running a, a sport that people can get behind following, right? Like, we, we were all college runners, and even after college, after we graduated, none of us watched running. Nobody cared about running, so we're trying to make that push and get people excited about it, get people to watch it. But what we're running into is it's impossible to get running content. And all the content that's out there, you know, like USA Track and Field, yeah. all of their big events that they have, you have to not even just to live stream them, but to get any of the highlights and anything like that, you have to have this like $15 a month subscription. And it, it is super, super hard for us to get any of this content and push any of it out there. And I know obviously the MLB is a way bigger market. There's way bigger of a following than, than track and field and cross country and stuff like that. But I know that you have some frustrations with the way that MLB kind of holds onto their content and doesn't let people push it out there. Can you talk a little bit about a, that frustration and maybe kind of give us some ideas on, you know, how, how can we take what they're, you know, putting in a cage and still find a way to get that, get it out there to people. Yeah. The, the tough part for me, because initially when we were doing this, we had, uh, we would actually use occasionally, not all the time. We would use MLB footage like in our promos. And then yeah. I think it was Gaz or somebody at Barcelona was just like, ah, yeah, we gotta, we gotta not do that. And it was before we really knew the severity of how hard like MLB would come down on us if they really yeah. found out what was going on. And we started hearing about accounts getting pulled, the Barstool account getting pulled for uh, tweeting out without like, obviously the, the share tweet thing is huge. That is yeah. huge. The fact that you can just like hold down on an MLB video, I can put a caption on it on my account or section 10 is enormous because that completely yeah. changes the game. It looks like it's our tweet has a little, MLB, you know, inscription below, but no one really cares about that. It just looks like we're actually posting it. So yeah. that, that definitely helps. But dude, I'm not going to lie. It's gotten a lot better because we've built a relationship with those guys. A couple of them listen to the show that run their social. And um, and it's just this kind of under the table thing where like they're not really going to do anything. But we also gotcha. shouldn't really try to do anything. So it's kind of like the biggest way I get around it and ways that we get around it is gifts are huge they don't really care about gifts you can just download a gif of like mookie celebrating after something and they don't really care even though that's technically game action they don't really care about that photos is huge i have a getty uh account from bleacher report 
and they don't really care if I pull photos from that. So that's been very helpful, too, because it's like the highest quality you can get. It's stuff that's there immediately. It's there from the night before. So that's helped a lot. Also, the fact that we're talking about like the suns. That helps, too, because the NBA doesn't care. They don't care at all. Like you can you can do an entire montage, like a 10 minute, like Michael Jordan highlight. Maybe not MJ. He might actually have rights. Uh, that he wouldn't but you can do like any montage you want post on youtube post on twitter they don't care they are very smart about that because that's free promotion that they can just get out there um that they don't even have to like uh police so um yeah i think it's just little things it's finding ways to to get creative finding ways to throw promos together having the actual people or runners or athletes that are involved in this on the show if you can um can promote it and maybe they give you some stuff you can use so there's a lot of little ways to get around it, but uh, I would say it was way worse earlier on. Like when we started this in 2015, it was uh, it was a nightmare because like you couldn't do anything, and the accounts were a pain in the ass. Different people were running them. The Red Sox account was garbage. It was absolute <laughs> trash. Whoever was running that, and now it's gotten a little better. I mean, they're trying to call Michael Chavis Michael Scott Chavis, and it's so <laughs> not like he's the, he's, he's the ice horse. Like, what are we doing? We all know his real name. Yeah, it's like wait, and every, all the replies are hilarious to me. They're like, he's the ice horse. I, I don't Michael Scott Chavis. Um, but no, I, I think building relationships and realizing where the boundaries are is very important. Cool. Let's uh, let's talk ice horse a little bit. I'm glad you brought that up because I had had a question about that. So you knew you had great fans, right? We got like T-shirts popping up everywhere. T-shirts selling out. Section 10 is very loyal to who you guys are. But is it still a surprise to see how quickly the ice horse is <laughs> dropped on the Nesson broadcast? You have Eckersley and then Dave O'Brien still like mentioning it. Like, is that does that still shock you about it? How is, it's happening? Dude, I couldn't believe. So when I I went to went to Chicago. I was a little worried that it wasn't gonna like get on the plane with the ice horse head. Uh, <laughs> I just the thing I didn't want was that because it was in like the top pouch of my like suitcase. The thing I didn't want is just to even have to like explain. Like I don't want to be holding up a line of people with the friggin' horse head that has a unicorn coming out of it, being like, "No, you see, it's a." Uh, it's this guy on the Red Sox, and we name him the Ice Horse. It's like, uh, that would have sucked. So <laughs> luckily, luckily, it got through. I would have loved to see the guy's reaction. It's like, what the hell is that thing? Um, but it got through the scanner. That was good. We get to the game. I initially didn't wear it to the first game because I didn't really know what their Ice Horse head policy was. Um, <laughs> but then I, I realized after the first game, a couple other people had gotten Ice Horse heads into the game. And I was like, all right, well, I'm, you know, I... I feel like I led this charge. I need to now, you know, go follow through with it. And then on Saturday, I just I had a big, I my buddy Mike was like, dude, you're acting like you're sneaking like a bomb in here. Like you're, <laughs> you're, you're bringing an ice horse head in. No one gives a shit. So I, I like I like tucked it into my jacket and I I, I was so nervous. <laughs> I was like, Someone's going to find out. I don't I still don't know what looking back on. I'm like, who, who cares? And so we got into the game. Um Initially, my boy Stevie, that runs one of the cameras at Nesson, which is why I, I get on Nesson all the time. Which, like, <laughs> some people at Nesson hate that, and I love that. Like, there, there are people that I don't Steve have a great too. relationship with. There, yeah, that are like, why is Steve on TV every second I look up? Um, but no, I he had hit me up being like, hey man, I might not be able to get you on with the Ice Horse. I'm like, don't worry about it. But he's like, he's like, the producer doesn't really get it. She's like, kind of confused. <laughs> and then sure enough, she had gone on Twitter, and like five minutes later, he was like, put that mask on right now. Like, we're, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're getting on TV. Um, so the white the White Sox broadcast had it first. And then and then it just took over Ness. And I feel like we were just like a side box on the, the screen for the entire game. Eckersley, like I love Dennis Eckersley. He's, He's the man. Best. So him saying it meant so much more than anyone else saying it. Like if Dave O'Brien was like, oh, I saw on Twitter, it's the ice, <laughs> the ice horse. Um, Eckersley saying it made it really cool. So it's blown up. The thing that I can't believe blew up as much as it did was Suns Out, Guns Out. Like that's, oh my God, I that's mean, we randomly just started talking about the Suns and everyone, and those shirts sold out in like yeah, a day. I was like, well, what? <laughs> those are 30 bucks each. <laughs> I mean, I think what you guys are doing in terms of, I mean, you might not have the biggest fan base. I mean, it's growing like crazy, but you probably have the most loyal fan base. Super loyal. In the world. It's I mean, super loyal. And I, I'm, I'm just very thankful for that um, because that's something you can't replace like number i feel like pmt they also have a very loyal fan base but they they have a huge fan base but they act like we do in terms of like the inside jokes and talking like it's just 
like it's just us hanging out, having a beer instead of being like, so we recap the day in NFL football. Like no one needs that. No one wants that. So I would way rather have something like we have where now tonight's, tonight's a big night because the Suns might get the number <laughs> in the so NBA draft. We're like, we need it, which is so dumb. But like, it's also awesome at the same time. Like I'm actually kind of nervous for like, how this is going to go. Cause I know that we could sell a lot of Zion shirts. And so like this actually has some financial, uh, you know, add on to it. So we'll see how it goes, but it, I don't know, man. I mean, hopefully we get the number one pick. We get the number one pick. Yeah. So on that, on that, Steve, so I have two very important questions for you. The first one I'm going to leave with is related to that. So when the Red Sox started playing, you know, poorly to put it lightly you guys decided you know what screw this we're going to become a phoenix suns podcast how bad how bad would the red sox have to play for you guys to become a running podcast oh very bad, very bad. <laughs> i don't even know how you guys do it because like, what is what is the normal podcast on here like oh man like the, way, the way feet were moving man like surprised, <laughs> man like so so the thing about running and running culture, sure. So you you kind of get like there's two distinct groups. You have the super nerds, you know, the guys that you see run around the split shirts, like split shorts, like so concerned about their times, like they give all of us a bad name. And then you have like the very, you know, much like participatory, you know, runners who are just in it for the medal. There's this big group in the middle, you know, everybody that we ran with, that people that like to work hard, train hard, compete but we party really hard too. We have just as much fun. Um, and it's just like, you know, it's just, it's a, it's one of the coolest groups of people. And, you know, there, there's runners in general get a very bad name, you know? So that's yeah. kind of what we're speaking to. And that's kind of what we're trying to attract. I, I respect that because, and this has nothing to do with you guys. Cause I can tell you're, you're uh, some solid gentlemen, but <laughs> when I think of runners, typically, you kind of, and I'm not going to say this as a generalization, but there is kind of like a snobbiness that comes along with it. There's kind of like a, oh, I, I did my 20 mile run today. Like, who gives a shit, dude? Like, whatever. So, like, I, 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 I did a 20 mile, mile run. Marathon. I, I did the, I, the walk for hunger. Okay. Like, yeah. I, 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 I didn't run, but it was 20 miles and I didn't tweet about it. Well, Twitter wasn't yeah. a thing back then, but, um, but yeah, I just, I just think the marathon helps in terms of like community and, just a group of people being together and having that, like, you know, we're doing this together team vibe that kind of the drinking at that must be awesome. Drinking after the marathon. Like I oh, had yeah. a place on Com Ave and we would watch the marathon and, and just get intoxicated. But like, I've never had that run the marathon and just like, all right, here we go. Kind of, kind of vibe, but that must be awesome. Well, Steve, me and uh, my brother, Steve over here, we were, uh, we were drinking beers in the middle of the marathon. We, we were slugging beers back doing so, but what you're speaking to is exactly that it, it like there's no shame that that is the perception of most runners right like this like nerdy self-absorbed crew of of runners and that was you know the inception of the podcast was listen we want to change this perception we're we're a bunch of uh, guys who who run and enjoy the sport of running but we just love sports right and we're, we're trying to we're trying to make the sport of running just like any other sport you know that that kind of following so that's yeah i mean that's that's kind of the idea i think making it yeah making it have more of a sport vibe is very important because a lot of people look at it as just kind of a hobby and yeah. once it becomes more of like a no we're like a league you know type thing then that has way more weight right all right so now to transition to my other important question this has been this is a very very important question to me so oh. on on our pilot episode i went on a very very intense rant because I was listening to a Red Sox spring training game. And you can have your judgments about whether or not it's okay for me to be listening on the radio to a uh, a Red Sox spring training game. That's that's a whole different discussion. I like it. I like it, yeah. But, but as I was listening to it, some scrub, some double-A scrub who I've never even heard of, hit a three-run home run. And my boy, Joey Castiglione, drops a very hard, can you believe it? And it occurred to me that... After the 2004 World Series, when he dropped that, can you believe it? He has slowly progressed to a severe, severe addiction to the phrase, can you believe it? I mean, this man is just dropping it like it's nothing. And when you start dropping it in spring training, when Joe Nobody hits a yeah. three-run home run in the fourth inning. So I ask you, somebody who's close to the Red Sox organization and somebody you know who has communication with people and who knows people, 
Should we be worried about Joe Castiglione? I, I don't think so. My favorite Castiglione <laughs> thing is like, and the top of the fourth is brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market. <laughs> and the best is that he then is always like, and I was there the other day, and Debbie, the nicest lady of them all, gave me 50% off the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> the best, the best. He goes right back to calling the game. I'm like, what, what, who, who's Debbie again? What, what was that? Um, but no, and and whoever's with him now, dude. I mean, that booth. My God, sorry to get off a little bit, but like that booth is so random now. There's, yeah. I, I don't know who's in there half the time, which is like great because then maybe I'll sneak in there. But like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know who who was doing the call anymore, and I thought Tim Never was good. I thought he kind of got jobbed. Yeah. Like he, yeah. I don't know if there was something behind the scenes, but like I thought he was solid. And right as you know, towards August and September, as I'm like finally getting used to him being the other guy, I hear that they weren't going to renew his contract. I'm like, well, this sucks. Um, but this, I mean, this industry is brutal. So like, I understand anything can happen at this point. But because um, Stiggs, I it's tough because like I was talking to Jared about it. I was like, we should have him on, right? And he's like, I don't think he'd be a good guest. <laughs> and, and more saying that because I don't think he would even want to do it. Like he's so schedule oriented, uh, Castiglione, yeah. that like he just knows showing up to the ballpark, calling the game, going to Shaw's, and going home. Like that. <laughs> and saying, can you believe it? And it's like, and saying, can you believe it? And it that's just round and around we go, and that's every single day. Um, but to your point extremely valid I, I agree a thousand percent you can't be saying can you believe it and a, a spring training over it's like an addiction it's an addiction steve i do understand we all have our crutches and there's certain things that i say a lot that people then tweet at me being like dude you got to stop saying like this is so phenomenal or that's phenomenal it's, it's, it's like whatever i think things are phenomenal um but like he he definitely has that as as kind of a crutch when when something happens i think you call so many games that half the time his brain probably just sends a phrase down and it just comes out. And yeah. I don't think he even really thinks about what he just said. It's just like, well, then, and, and that's his fourth homer of the, of the year. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he even knows what's coming out half the time, but I have a lot of respect for Joe Stiggs because he's been doing it forever. In my head, when I think about like a Red Sox call, I think Joe Stiggs, I think summer's on like the Cape driving down there. Uh, with the family, like that's like that's the good stuff. And so soundtrack I, to the summer. It's the soundtrack to the summer, exactly. And so I could never really say anything negative about about Castiglione. But having said that, I mean, you can't be saying, "Can you believe it?" To us, <laughs> you just like really not until like September. No, absolutely, it's been October. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it needs to be like very cold out for you for you to be able to say this. Um, it was yeah. cold out. It was spring training. It was like March. I know. I know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, it, wasn't, it wasn't cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it, it's a valid point. He not in spring training. So um, I got a question for you. A little off topic here, but uh, your co-host Jab- Jared Carabas is having a bobblehead yeah, night. Yep, is having a bobblehead night at the Wool Spinners. Oh, God. Mike and I are both Wool guys. And there's been rumors floating around about a Section Ten uh, live uh, live show in Lowell. Is that happening? You might do that. It's not confirmed yet. I think we're going to get a lot of wheels uh, rolling, which doesn't make much sense, but we're going with it. There's going to be so many wheels rolling on um, on summer live shows. We already have one ready for a Yankee series in June or July uh, at Fenway. I think it's July because the Yankees don't come to Fenway because that London series, which is so oh, dumb yeah, that they're both stupid. they're both home games. Like that's bizarre. Um, I think we the first time the Yankees actually come to Fenway is like July, which is what. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't. Um, what was the question again? I just got so sidetracked. Are you guys doing a low live show? I think we might. I think we okay. might, but it's it's about locking it down. I mean, I can't believe that kid's got a bobblehead night. I, I know. know. It's crazy. ridiculous. Not, part of me hates it a lot, and then the other part is like, well, this is actually kind of funny for content. Like, this will yeah. it'll be a funny vlog and whatever, but um, I always try to keep Jared's ego down because it's like the biggest of anyone I know, <laughs> and um, that's not great. That doesn't help. No. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people are getting that bobblehead, and and that's gonna be a lot of tweets being like, you gotta, you know, uh, here's Jared. But I'm like, Ugh. then I'm probably gonna be tagged on those. But no, <laughs> it, it's it's uh, it's good for the overall uh, the show, and so I'm just biting my tongue on that. Well, more importantly than his bobblehead, if you need anybody to show you the ropes and lol, I I, I know some guys. I know some guys. So Dude, it sounds like we're gonna kill some people. Uh, <laughs> 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 you need some guys. Let me tell you, <laughs> Tony, Tony from Lowell, he knows how to get the job done. Um, but no, yeah, we definitely, definitely get something going. I, I, you'll be the first to know if we're doing a live show. But um, are you guys, are you guys near Lowell, in Lowell, or just like Lowell? So I, I currently live in Lowell. Okay, nice. Go spin us. Yeah. 
love the logo love it great great yeah, yeah they're doing a good job with it down there but um steve we don't want to take up your whole night we know you got to get to uh you got to get to the to the draft we got a little game we want to play with you called yeah. down the home stretch so uh so mike why don't you start the clock we're going to ask you some rapid fire questions about mostly running base um you know who would beat who in a race but mike you want to kick us off all right, so yeah, like Steve said, the the category is who would win in a race, and we're just gonna throw out names, rapid fire, and y- you answer. All right, so time is going. The first one is Mookie Betts or Mike Trout. Uh, Mookie Betts, go Sox. Two thousand seven, Steve Nash or two thousand seven, Dustin Pedroia. <laughs> oh God, um, Steve Nash, Sansa Gunta. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Pablo Sandoval versus Rich Garces. Ooh, I feel like Rich, I think I'm taking Garces because I feel like he was. We never really got to see him run, but I feel like he's one of those fat guys that would surprise you with the speed. Yeah. All right, we got Sandy Leone versus Christian Vasquez. Uh, Vasquez actually can move. Sandy's very slow, so I'm definitely taking Vasquez. Sandy also kind of has some sneaky speed, even though he's a big boy. All right, we talked about him earlier, but Castiglione versus Remy. <laughs> I'm just picturing that race. What a weird race. Um, I bet I bet I'll beat you. Uh, I oh god. Um, Stings? I guess it's gotta be a short race, regardless. We're talking like, <laughs> it's, like it's like ten feet. Like all right, that's that's all I got. Castiglione. I mean, Remy's been smoking his whole life. <laughs> Coley Mick versus Wally the Green Monster. I think Coley. Coley's a competitive dude. Yeah. He's he's slow, but Wally is slower. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Josh Cantor versus Pete Abraham. Oh, God. I don't want to claim anyone. I, I'm not going to call them a winner of anything. So they both actually lose. All right. So, hear me out here. We'll finish down this one. Right, last- 2018 Women's Boston Marathon champion Desi Linden versus the entire Red Sox roster, and they get to relay it. So it can be 26 like by one versus Desi. Oh, Desi, obviously. That's my girl. <laughs> I, I've, known, I've known Desi forever. And let me tell you guys, she ain't losing. <laughs> All right, last one. Last one. Yeah. Garen Austin versus Maria Menounos. Uh, Garen Austin, that's my girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was easy. That was easy. Uh, Steve, that's, my, that's, my new, that's my new girl. <laughs> Steve, thank you so much for putting up with us. This was very nice of you to come on. Um, this was a lot of fun. You're a great guy. If you're not following Steve on Twitter, Instagram, subscribe in a section 10 podcast on iTunes. You got to go do that right now. Anything else you want to, you want to tell people to follow you on? Uh, no, just at Steve underscore parole, basically on everything. And, uh, I, I don't know when this is going to be out, but the Suns better get the number one pick. That's, <laughs> that's all I got to say. I'm going to lose sleep if they don't, but sun's out, guns out till I die. Sun's out, guns out. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate it. Thanks again to, to Steve for coming on. That was an awesome interview. Um, wild night, too. We recorded that a couple nights ago. Like we mentioned, they had that uh, the joke with the Phoenix Suns going, and it was the night of the NBA lottery. But that was also the night that Chris Sale had 17 strikeouts right. going. Um, I was texting with Mike that night, being like, right, because we had got off the interview with Steve. I went, I made some dinner. I was watching the Red Sox and watching Chris Sale have an unbelievable night. I was texting with Mike being like, hey, we might need to jump back on the recording and, and get kind of a live reaction to what's going on with not, right now with the Sox. Um, unfortunately, even though Chris Sale had 17 strikeouts, the wheels completely fell off the Red Sox and ended up losing the game in extra innings. So brutal game. Absolutely brutal game. I don't care what anybody says. I'm leaving Chris Sale in. I Dad, I know, I know you're listening and I know your opinion, but I would have left Chris Sale in. I, I would I, I would have Listen, I, I mean, a guy's going, I, I mean, you got you have a very short leash. Put him out there, and if he, as soon as he does anything but a strikeout, yank him. You know what I mean? But you yeah. got to give him, you got to give him a shot at that, at that strikeout. Right history, now. history doesn't get made every day. Someone's yeah. got a chance at it. You got to let him go. And Chris knew exactly where he was. Everybody saw the highlight of him, you know, flashing the number to core in the dugout. And, uh. He took it well. I mean, you got to respect Chris Sale for not, you know, questioning his manager's decision, but he got a chance to make history. You got to go for it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think it was Chris Sale himself who said, uh, there's nobody in the world I trust more than Alex Cora. So I guess I guess you got to live with that. 
And then uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, but we are podcasters, and we we talk about this later on. They lost the damn game, so we should have left them in. It's a cut and dry decision. He got it on. <laughs> Leave the man in. Let him get his strikeouts. Oh man. Well, hey, enough baseball talk for this running podcast. Last night I had a big race. I mentioned it earlier. I'm rocking my hardware, my my beer mile medal. Um, I had an awesome time last night. I didn't get quite the result I wanted, but guys, I didn't embarrass the podcast. I did okay. Um, I ended up running. Uh, I I ran right around six twenty. I believe it was like six twenty, six eighteen. Um, I, I finished. I think it was fifth or sixth overall. Um, but I led. I was with the leader through two and a half laps. Um, I was one of the last ones out of the chute on the first beer through the quarter mile, worked my way up to first place, came in, you know, decent time on the second beer, you know, led through the, led through the whole second quarter, right next or, you know, right with, or right in front of the leader came into the chute for that third beer. And the wheels kind of fell off a little bit on that third beer. I kind of, I, the, the crazy thing is, is the running, I felt great. I did not expect that the running was by far my best part of the best, best part of the day. The third beer really screwed me. That was the tough one. And it wasn't like I was, I couldn't drink it. I scooped, I grabbed the beer and I went to go drink. And as soon as it touched my lips, my body had like a reaction to it and I had trouble getting it down. So I had to like stop, breathe it out for a second and then chug it. Um, but I didn't embarrass the podcast. You know, I, I, I held my own out there. I went out there to win. It didn't happen, but I'll, I'll you know, I'll hold my head high knowing that I ran a 620. The best news about that? What is the uh, what is the Miller and Light record? Who's got the exact number? I think it's like six forty eight. So yeah. you uh, you proved yourself right in range there. I mean, yep. If you can do a, a six twenty on whatever, what kind? What was the beer like? We're talking uh, so, specially made, right? Yeah, it was specially made. It was actually a lot chug- harder to chug than I remember. I thought they did a Hefeweizen, and like uh, Chris Roberts- Robertson was saying. That would have been a little bit easier. You know, that that might be one of my go to beer mile beer going forward, be a, a Hefeweizen, because those tend to be a little less carbonated. They're heavier, but they go down smooth. This was like a heavy Pilsner. So it was uh, it was it was it was had a little bit more carbonation than I expected. And it went it tasted good, but it went down kind of harsh. Um, I looked for the ones that had been maybe sitting out for a little while because it was out of cups. They were pouring out of a keg um, that were a little bit flatter. Um, so the warm beer, even though it was easier to go down, didn't taste great. Um, it was funny. We were lining up ready to go and they had all these tables just lined with beer. And I was, I was trying to like scope out which beer I was going to go for, like which beer looked the flattest. And there was this one beer that I could tell had been sitting out for a while and it was, it was very flat. And I was like, all right, that's my one that I'm going for. And as they're doing the countdown, the five, four, three, I, I looked at it and there's just a bug floating in the top of it. And you know what? I just said, I just said, screw it. I'm going for it. So it's I like, grabbed, I grabbed the beer with a beer with the bug in it because I knew it was the flattest and I chug it down. I was like, Hey, a little extra fuel for the fire, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's like taking a, um, one of those marathon goo packets. It just gives you a little bit of extra boost. I think that's what that bug was for you. Exactly. I think it soaked up some beer too. Probably you had less contents in that cup. Did you feel it going down? Did you know? No. you? <laughs> no, it, it was just so much adrenaline at that point. It's just like get this thing down and, and get it and get running. So, wow. Well, it sounds like your experience was just like a regular mile because I uh, just thinking back to like my high school miles and stuff like that, and uh, anybody who runs them out competitively, it's the third lap. the The oh. mile is all about the third lap, right? Like the first lap, everyone's feeling good. The second lap, you're trying to find your position, and then the last lap, it's like, all right, if you Either you either you have it that day or you don't. Like it doesn't matter how good a shape you're in, you just fight through that last lap. But the third lap is what makes or breaks your uh, your mile. It sounds like that's how it is in the beer mile too. Yeah, it. I mean, because you grab that third beer and you're like, shit, I still have half of this race to go. Um, that fourth beer, I probably felt just as bad grabbing that fourth beer, but I was like, hey, I'm almost done. Um, and so that kind of your competitive nature, your, the fact that you're almost done kind of takes over on the fourth one. It's just like, Hey, suck it up, buttercup and get this beer down. Um, suck but, it up buttercup. Yeah. <laughs> but Hey, I have, I have, you know, I had a, I had a high level respect for the elite beer milers before 
but I have an even a higher level uh, now because like running that running that six twenty, the the winner ran. I think he ran like um, he ran like a little over five, just under six minutes. He ran like five fifty five, somewhere in that range. And it's like I can't imagine these guys going under five minutes. It's just like it's absolutely incredible. I don't know how they do it. What were your splits like? Do you know? Um. So. I don't know. I know that coming out of the, after I finished my, um, after I finished my third beer, it was like, I think I was at 320 or wait a second. Would that be the, yeah, that'd be my third beer. Mm -hmm. So I was at 320. Um, so a little bit past the halfway mark, I was at 320. Um, it was kind of, it was, it was kind of difficult to say because it's like they, they, it's not on a track. Right. So they 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 map out a quarter mile on the street. So you go. So you run onto the premises of the brewery, drink the beer, run off and like they have a course marked out for a quarter mile. So it was kind of tough to say, but um, it was a ton of fun. Um, I I decided so we, we had a little bit of a text chain going and I wanted to I was trying to ask these guys for help on what I should wear. So I had a couple different couple different ideas for shirts. I was going to go the more subtle option was going to be I have a, a Tom Brady um, five singlet the the you know the shirt that he wore after he won his fifth Super Bowl so we put we have that on a singlet I was going to wear that which is kind of like it's subtle you know a little outdated too a little outdated but it's still awesome it's still yeah, like it, was, it was actually it was actually after his fourth Super Bowl Steve because he okay, came out right. wearing the fives and like fives next it was yes. unbelievable so I, I I that was an option um, I had the you know, shout out section 10, but I had the section 10 shirt that said, uh, um, uh, championship parade, repeat Boston almost wore that, um, decided to go with the, uh, just a straight up Bruins shirt after the Bruins just decimated the, the, uh, the Carolina hurricanes. Um, and so they do this, I have it on my Instagram, maybe we'll put it up on the peak to early Instagram, but for the elite beer mile, they announced each runner individually. And so they announce your name, you come out, you come around the corner and into the chute where you drink the beer. So they announce your name and nobody can see you and you run out. And so they announce my name. Everybody's like, yeah, Steve. And they have a hype guy that that's announcing alongside the, the, the announcer. So they said from Lowell, Massachusetts, Steve Jenner. And the hype guy's like, Steve Jenner. And he like, you know, hyping, hyping me up. And I come around the corner and all of a sudden everybody sees my shirt and they just go, you just hear booze. And then the hype guy's just like, oh man. <laughs> So I was like the most hated guy in in in, in the beer mile, but it, it was it was pretty funny. So so Trent, the uh, the peak too early standard's been set now. There it is, six eighteen is the uh, standard, and uh, the summer of the beer mile has begun. It has officially begun. Know exactly what we're aiming for. I can't wait to to blow it out of the water. But I am happy that you. I believe in you that you guys will also be on somebody's record list with me. You know, maybe a few spots <laughs> need me, but. You know, Steve showed that uh, he has the capability of making sure he's on, you know, the top of the Miller Lite, the top of the Massachusetts. So I'm, I'm glad you guys will be right there with me, just right behind me. So, so Steve, do you have, now that you are uh, the only one with one in you in 2019, do you have any tips going forward for us as far as training, as far as the race day? Uh, do, do you have anything you could, you could relate to us after your experience? So I did a lot of quarter mile sprints to get, to get ready for the race. And that really paid off because, like I said, I had the running down. Like, I truly felt like I was the best runner out there. It's going to come down to the drinking. Um, I trained through, like, three drinks. So, I, whether it was water, beer, seltzer, like, I would train. I would chug. I would run. I would chug again. Then I would run again. Um, I never trained through three drinks. So, I think we got to train through three drinks. Um, because, like I said, the fourth one, it is what it is. Like, it's either you got it or you don't. But I think we got to train through three drinks because um, two wasn't enough. I wasn't ready for that third beer. It's a basic tennis, Steve. If you're if you're training for the five k, you got to do a long run that's going to be still up 10, 12 miles. If you're training for the beer mile, I mean, I think we should be doing six, seven, you know, oh, reps God. on. Just you got to get that long beer mile training day in. Oh, man, we're gonna get like some like crazy like you know disease from like just chugging too much liquid. Like we're gonna get like ulcer or something in our stomach from stretching out our stomach so much you're like need to need to go get our stomach pumped and be like what happened he was like 
beer mile training. He was out at the track <laughs> and he just he drank one too many seltzers. It's just you know you gotta you gotta pump out all the uh, pump out all the seltzer out of the stomach. Yeah, so maybe we should be careful with our um, beer mile training because there was that like story like. I don't know, seven or eight years ago with the lady who was doing that radio competition had to chug a bunch of yeah. water and ended up going to the hospital and dying. Yeah. I would ra- I'd rather that not be us, you know? <laughs> Podcast host training for a beer mile dies after drinking too many Miller Lights at the Lowell High track. Well, listen, any any good publicity or any media or publicity is good publicity, right? So if one of us goes down, then our iTunes is going to just shoot. Oh through. yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be all over the world. It's going to be awesome. Sacrifices need to be made gentlemen. We'll put it to a vote. <laughs> well, Hey, uh, I do have to tell you probably one of the, the coolest stories from, from being part of this podcast so far. So I show up to the beer mile. So it, it's, it's like an all day thing. It starts at, the first heat goes off at five o'clock and they go all the way to the elite heat at eight o'clock. So they're doing they're doing a heat every I think it was every like 15 minutes and they do relays. It's this whole big like festival event at this brewery. It's it's awesome. Um, but I get there. I get there. So my heat's at eight o'clock. I get there around like six o'clock um, check in, you know, go to sit down. I, I grab a seat underneath the tree where I can see the the race go off and. Um, we get there and I sit down and I have my, I'm just putting on my Bruin shirt and this guy next to me goes, Hey, he goes, you're the guy from the podcast. And now I shout out to my guy, Brady. Awesome name, by the way. I'm just realizing that now my, my dude, Brady, um, who, who, who found our podcast on Chris Robertson's Instagram and he listened to a couple episodes and he loves what we're doing. And he was like, he was like, hey, yeah, this is the guy from the podcast. Um, probably one of the coolest moments um, I've had so far doing this podcast. And it's like, you know, we're having a ton of fun doing this. Like, I love doing this, but it's a little bit of a grind. Like, it's hard work. Like, you know, to put a put a show out every week. Like, it's a little bit of a grind. But it's like the little moments like that where it's like, I mean, we've only been doing this for you know two and a half, three months now. But it's little moments like that where it's like, all right. I think we got something here. I think we're doing something pretty cool. Yeah, Steve, when you originally told me that story, I was blown away. And like, I put a smile on my face all night. Like, that is the coolest thing ever. You're in North Carolina, like so far away from home. And you have some some guy you've never met before coming up to you and recognizing you from what we're doing here. I still think we got a long way to go. And we have so much potential to grow. But that is like, man, that's cool. That, that is some cool stuff right there. I think you guys are going to have to grow some mustaches as well. There's going to be so much fans and, and just photographers and the paparazzi and just women throwing themselves at us. Like, you got to start looking a little different, blend in a little bit. We've made it, boys. <laughs> well, I mean, like, it's one of those things, like, if, like, we started this at, for, like, 10 to 15 of our friends, it's kind of like a joke. But we've, we've kind of gained a little bit of traction with it. And, you know, if it was still just for, like, our 10 to 15 friends, I'd probably still do it. Um, but it's kind of cool that other people are catching on and being like, it, it's validating to be like, Hey, yeah, you guys are saying exactly what I think. Like, I love running. I love competing, but I hate the bad reputation that runners get. You know, I'm not one of the nerdy runners and like, you guys are kind of speaking my language. It's very, very cool. Yeah. Steven, we like it, not just like that situation, but I mean, even from like, you know, Instagram followers like that, I've had multiple people reach out to us or like DM us or whatever, just being like, Hey, I love what you guys are doing. Or just like, you know, your guys message is exactly, you know, exactly what running should be all about. Like people are reaching out, they're appreciating it. Um, so I would love to get more of that, um, interaction, right? Like have people keep hitting us up, have, uh, questions for us have uh comments and more stuff that we can bring to the podcast if anybody has any kind of ideas or anything like that or uh stuff that you want us to talk about like hit us up let us know like we'd love to get more interaction from people who are listening yeah in all seriousness the hearing about the event that you just had steve is is awesome because it just is like that's our community and they're throwing on like these these massive events you just said you have you have heats the beer mile going off like every 15 minutes for a full day i mean how cool is that? And it just, it's again, it's just reconfirmation. We're not on an island here. That's, that's like just so cool to hear that there's the people out there that kind of think and breathe the same way we do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So awesome. Um, thanks again to Brady. He was an awesome guy. It was good chatting with him. Um, but we got 
uh, a big event coming up. You know, we got the we got the NCAA's, we got the prelims coming up soon. Um, but I'm I'm pumped to start to 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 dive into to some track. Um, I think we're gonna try to get some more people on some of the some of the favorites maybe in the in the distance events. Um, but I'm pretty pumped about about NCAA's coming up. Yeah, you know, with the indoor uh, championships, we kind of experimented with uh, some kind of ways to make it a little bit more interesting. And I think um, we're starting to brainstorm and get some ideas. And I think we got to do it for outdoor. I mean, this is this is one of the premier events in our sport. I'm getting excited about it. And like you said, Steve, I think getting more people on the podcast to come and talk about it, get their personalities about there. And, uh, you know, maybe it'll incentivize me to dangle a little bit more money on them, you know. <laughs> for sure for sure yeah I, I i are we thinking we want to do uh something similar that we did to did for did for indoor track yeah absolutely yeah i'm excited to make some money back <laughs> <laughs> we can only pick morgan mcdonald once for each event you realize that right we, we might have to like disqualify morgan from uh from betting i don't know when we when we put the rules together we might have to have some caveats <laughs> well maybe we'll if we can we should try to get together and and, and watch uh watch some of the races um maybe we'll maybe we'll throw together a, a little bit of a watch party for for anybody any of our you know any p2e listeners that want to join us for some uh for maybe that those saturday events or yeah, we also want to get maybe other people in on the gambling as well they could we could get a nice little public google sheet going on maybe we're the administrators people can throw in their bets on it uh we can have a whole not for real money because it's illegal yeah. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, no. Just for like fun. Funsies. For Miller Lights, right? For yeah, yeah funsies. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, hey guys, this was a awesome podcast. Um, I'm I'm still jacked up about the beer mile. I had a ton of fun last night. Um, thank you to 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 everybody at Bond Brothers that that put it on. Um, uh, thank you again to Steve Peralt for coming on. Great interview. He's the man. He didn't need to, 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 to do that, but it was, it was great to have him on, um, for him to take his time to, to come on peak too early. It was a ton of fun. Um, Mike, do you have anything you want to leave the listeners with? Yeah, I do. Um, just the, we were just kind of talking about nationals coming up, but this weekend is, or I guess by the time this would have dropped, we would have just had, uh, the, the qualifiers for national. So the East and West qualifiers. Um, so hopefully our boy Morgan did well. Hopefully we had some good performances. Um, now that it's already happened, Trent, what do you think? You got any bold predictions? You got any, uh, any, you know, sprinters that you want to shout out that maybe you think did well this weekend? Listen, I'm not giving away any of my, uh, my, (laughs) I have, I'm preparing for outdoors totally more intensely than I am for indoors. So good luck getting any insider info from your boy. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, anyways, that's that's all I got is I uh, I would have I, I watched that this weekend because you're listening to this on Monday again. Um, and so I'm looking forward to it. Trent, what do you got for the people? Just uh, Mike mentioned earlier in the show, but happy Memorial Day weekend. This is normally a, a, a tough weekend because this is when all the good track runners are done running track and start just rolling through that, that summer road race season. So winter road race seasons where I thrive, I can get to those little charity five K's and just kick ass and dominate. Now you got the legit runners out there. So I'm excited to switch my focus this year instead of, you know, trying to compete with the guys who are a little better shape than I am on the beer mile. Um, so good luck to all you real runners running uh, summer road races and good luck to us and our, our beer mile quest. Yep, and and again, I want to second that. Happy Memorial Day to everyone. Um, it's uh, I think being part of the, the the running world, you know, being a runner, working in the running industry, there's a lot of intersection with uh, with the military and the running world. And I've you know over the years, I've been able to meet a lot of really cool people um, just with my involvement with the Marine Corps Marathon. You know, running the Marine Corps Marathon. You know, my favorite part of any race ever is what they call the Blue Mile in the Marine Corps Marathon. Look it up. They they line the course with uh, with fallen soldiers, names of fallen soldiers. And once you finish that, at the end, it's all the all their family members holding flags for people um, for the people that have passed away in the Marines. So um, probably one of the most powerful stretches in any race course in any race in the world. Um, so I just want to make sure that you know we we are remembering the, the the military on Memorial Day. But you know what? Have some fun. Um, and I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around.
on. <laughs> How are you? Why are you getting him drinks right now? Make him go get his own damn drinks. Only, only for the podcast. <laughs> Imagine if this is all the prank, and he's just like, he's just like, he's like, he's like, Jared. Let me let me tell you about what I did. To these <laughs> idiots, these idiots with a hundred followers on Instagram the other day reached out to me about doing their podcast with them, and I told them I'd do it. What idiots! Hey, there you go. go. Oh, now, now, now we know it's actually you're not some uh, imposter trying to. I hired some guy that has the same exact voice, and I was like, "You're gonna <laughs> do this podcast and go for it. Have fun." Um, no, this is great. I'm excited that we can actually do it. Let's let's get it going. <laughs> All right. um, you look like an oil tycoon or something. That's, that's what I am. You <laughs> actually do look like no, you look like a um You look like Friday um, Night Lights, you look like somebody who's like sponsoring the high school football team. <laughs> the, the booster. You're a booster. You look like uh Charlie and Always Sunny when he's doing the uh the episode in the in the limo. You know, when he's trying to impress the girl and he starts puking up all the blood. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a uh, politician from Texas who's like doing a um, like an interview or like a, a press conference in like a cornfield right now. <laughs> you look like Colonel Sanders, like a like a shitty version of Colonel Sanders. I look like the man right now. <laughs> I look like a professional podcaster hustling and grinding. You look like a kid from Massachusetts who uh, was running late to a country concert after work, so you couldn't change yourself by your cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like somebody who works in the financial district and jump on the train and just down a, get down a box, bro, and you bought a cowboy hat in the parking lot, so you try, so you sign yeah. somewhat fit in. This cowboy hat. Is authentic from Mexico. As soon as you are able, woman, I am willing to take the break that we are on the brink of. My cup is on the table. I love a spilling, waiting. Desert burning Until you put up me like a sweet 